So hi, welcome to the No Sleep Till Don't Sleep podcast. I'm Tony. And I am Garrett. And uh, we both play in the band Don't Sleep. And we do. Yeah, so this is, um, we're trying this new thing. It's called a podcast. Um, I think we How might How do you spell be, that? I think, I, I'm not quite sure. Is it two words? I, I'm not, I don't know. It's, kind, <laughs> it's a new thing. I'm pretty sure we're the first ones doing it. Feels good um, to be groundbreaking. Yeah. Like um, but, you know, we thought we'd get in on the ground floor and try this thing out a little bit. You know, we're, we're innovators here at Don't Sleep. Wouldn't you agree? We are. We are. And I just want to say, uh, I wish the people who were listening to this could see what I'm looking at right now, because I'm not sure how Tony would describe this, but we're in a room of Tony's in his home. And it's like basically a museum to his Star Wars nerddom. It's amazing. Well, thank, I mean, at least you ended with amazing, but that's a little, that's a little... There's a lot well, of Star nicer. Wars items around us. Like, so your wife basically made you put all this in one room just to keep it away from um, her. Well, it was more like it was in boxes for a really long time at our previous home, and when we moved here, I was like, I need just let me, let me be free. Give you bit. space. Yeah, yeah, let me have a little room that I can. And somehow I can. I was. I convinced her to allow me to do that. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's a room to do your podcast. Too. Also, yeah, also functions as. a studio space a little bit i just like to comment first of all i would like to thank your wife meredith for letting us do this because now i've been over here several times but i also want to comment it's so nice to come here your children are always so happy to see me <laughs> and it's in such stark contrast to i mean we've all been at home quarantining with our families but my children after six months of this are so sick of me <laughs> and they are n never excited to see me they normally just roll their eyes at me but it's so nice to come here and have your children like they're so enthusiastic it's probably because they're not seeing many people. yeah they are just they are it's i mean it's you too it is you well, but they're they are starved for human interaction definitely so yes. that's 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 my that's my demographic right there is people starve for human mm -hmm. interaction tend to like me People I, who 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 have otherwise have human interaction really don't have much they could interest take in me. You. Yeah, yeah, mostly right. leave me. Right. So, but it's been uh, that that's been one of my bright spots of this uh, quarantine is being able to come, come here. Oh well, then you know, kids. when this is over, that'll that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, another bright spot was is that our record's coming out. That's right. Very soon. I'm pretty excited about that. What's it called? It's called Turn the Tide. Uh, it'll be out on September 4th yes. on Mission 2 Entertainment. Uh, we have been working on it for quite a long time. Almost two years. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So not, Probably more, right? Yeah. I mean, well, let me clarify and say that we weren't actually working on it for two years. We, were, we started writing probably two years ago. Yeah. But then there was a lot of, there was very frequent long pauses throughout that two years where down, nothing was we'll call happening. it downtime yes it was yeah. a, it was it was what they might call a gestation period sure in the uh you know in the industry right and definitely in the industry that's what they say yes right but we're almost there yeah we can see the finish line days away yes literally and uh another bright spot i mean a bright spot of making this record is we got to work with one of my heroes walter schreifel's that's right. That's right. And that is who we interviewed for this podcast. So kind of the point too, just to summarize for this podcast is that we're just interviewing people that were involved in the record, helped make the record. Um, and not necessarily that it's about the record, but just people who were involved and helped us through this process. Do we want to tease any of the other upcoming guests? I don't sure. Know. Is, that, is that a thing in the podcast world? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we have interviews with Walter Schreifels today. Uh, we have one with Brian McTernan coming up. Who, uh, who also helped. He engineered and produced and uh, the record, some of the songs on the record, and also is a singer of the incredible new band, Be Well. That's right. Previously of Battery yes. and Ashes. Um, and then, or I mean, I guess, I don't know, maybe still in Battery? Probably. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yes. let's, let's not break up battery in our yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's a good idea. Jeez, we've only been idea. doing this like two minutes. That's We're already a good breaking idea. bands up. We'll say battery's still together. Sure. And some. We'll say yeah. Ashes is still together, too. Sure. Why we not? don't know. We I don't know. know. Yeah. Could be. Um, and we interviewed uh, Carson and Grant, who also were involved in um, mixing the record and recording the record. Grammy nominated 
engineers. That's right. And producers. That's right. Not for our record. Right. Yet. Maybe. Yet. Who knows? Right. We'll but. see. Um, and uh, we interviewed Dave Smalley, who's in the band. So that's, it's. I mean, it's a little weird, but we'll we'll count it. Yeah, we asked some questions that like you normally wouldn't ask someone when you're in a band with them, or like like we tried to have some journalistic, uh, you Integrity. know, ethos to to the discussion. Sure. Yeah. Right. So there's some new stuff that came out of that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And also, we talked to your brother, Chris That's right. Bavaria, That's right. Who Photographer. Photographed uh, the front and back covers of the record and some of the insert photos, and this record and some of the other photos were taken by him. And in his own right, he's a super accomplished musician from the band's Praise and... Mindset. Mindset and No Heads. No, no Heads, heads. his current band. And we had a great talk with him. It was awesome. We got into some kind of awkward sibling rivalry stuff between him <laughs> and Tony, but it was it was cool. Yeah, it was good. And uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... So Walter Schreifels. Yeah. I. You know, my... So Walter Schreifels, obviously everyone knows him, but you know I'm going to say it anyway. Quicksand, Rival Schools, Gorilla Biscuits, solo stuff he's worked on, um, and, and you know several other bands. But I have to say, I my like statement about Walter is I don't think that guy has ever had a bad conversation in his life. It's probably accurate. Like yeah. he's the most conversational, entertaining. Uh, really funny uh, has like a, a really interesting spin on kind of every topic and it was I mean watching working with him in the studio recording with him writing with him was a pleasure just watching his process because he's such a great songwriter but just um, just hanging out with him was a pleasure and just even doing this podcast interview was really fun he's just uh, a very interesting fun deep and uh but it also kind of keeps things light too. Yeah. So it was, yeah. I love doing this. Yeah. Getting to meet him and spend time with him was probably one of the highlights of this whole recording process. Yes. Yes. So that's why we're anxious to do, to talk to him about the record and some other topics too. And, uh, enjoy Walter Schreifels on the don't sleep. No, no <laughs> sleep till don't sleep podcast. There it is. Hey, Walter, how's it going? It's gone good, man. Good to see you guys. Oh, that's a nice background, Garrett. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a... <laughs> you're, you're a few steps up head on the technology front. That's dope. I got to learn how to like do that. that. Actually, this is green screen. <laughs> <laughs> actually, what's what's actually behind you is a, a gang who's, who's following you down the street. <laughs> that's, that's You've trained, really trained your gang well. They just... <laughs> <laughs> there's a story about a, a college kid who uh he was taking a zoom class where like where you had to be present in the class and so he actually recorded himself sitting at a desk for like an hour you know and like every once in a while taking a sip of coffee and like sometimes standing up and kind of pacing around sometimes like picking up a piece of paper and then he just made that the background and hit play and just like went and took a nap during that's the class. A, that's, that's very Ferris Bueller. Very exactly. <laughs> Ferris Bueller 2020. Yeah, that's how you do it. So it's an old gag, the old Ferris Bueller. It still Seriously. works. <laughs> so how have you been? I've been good. Uh, you know, uh, all, all the COVID, uh, you know, all the death and, you know, yeah. Armageddon aside, I, I've been upstate and, um, and I have a nice house up here and it just been, it's been wonderful. Watch the, the seasons change. When I was up, first came up here, it was snowing. Oh, wow. And, you know, and now the hydrangeas are coming in and all these different, you know, critters, you know, come and go, you know, insects popping in, popping out. And, uh, my dog's really happy and family's all together. And, uh, it's, it's been really nice, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. If you're like naturally a pretty, um, you know, social outgoing person, is this a, this change of pace, has it been a natural progression for you or is this a, an adjustment? Um, I think it's an adjustment for everybody just to kind of, um, 
you know, whatever your patterns are, it's definitely like, you know, change them. So for me, um, it's just been a nice, it's, it's been a way to like, uh, not flex, but like, uh, engage parts of my, uh, you know, personality or whatever that maybe I'm, I'm more, I just generally am more distracted and more engaged in like, going to the airport or what's, uh, where do I got to go here? Or when do, how do I prepare for this thing? And you're, you're, I don't think it's that different, but you know, you're going out. Oh yeah. My friend's band's playing. I'm going to go bullshit with everybody, hang out and watch the show and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, things that I enjoy, but, um, you know, actually soak up a good part of my pie chart of how my life is. So those off the, off the, you know, off of it, I've had to like engage, you know, other stuff, you know, and, and part of that is just having nothing to do. It's really nice. You know, like what do you do when there's nothing, how do you fill that time and how do you build your own schedule? I think it's what everyone's going through. And I think people are probably like, finding good and bad within that. I mean, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, taking aside like the, the economics, you know, people who are really like, I mean, luckily I I'm okay. Um, you know, there's people that are really suffering and don't have this leisure right. problem that I have. Right. <laughs> so like, I don't mean to make light of that, but in my experience, um, I'm way more into like, I've had, I've had this house upstate for like eight years and this is the most time, the first time I've ever been here for more than a month. And, um, you know, kind of really recognizing, you know, I would think, oh my God, I could never live in like a rural place. I would go insane. Um, that I wouldn't right. actually. I, yeah. So I don't know. That's a long answer. No, it makes I think sense. it's like, it's, it, um, you know, I think it's probably people are going through similar things. Um, you know, to probably, you know, depends on what their environment is, you know, and, and what the challenges are. You know, I think if you're like, you know, going back to the city, um, you know, my apartment all of a sudden seems much smaller and go out. It's like more, um, kind of, uh, dystopian, you know, New York has got a lot of, a good clip dirtier people are streets, So it's a little more loose. And so in some ways that's cool. Uh, people have a certain sense of like, uh, you know, shared suffering that I think is, is positive and brings, you know, makes the community tighter. Um, but, uh, up here it's just, I think more like how things just generally are right. anyway not, not as much of a, of a, you know, so I don't, I'll have to drive back cause I forgot a mask cause I'm just thinking not, about it. I'm right. Not, yeah. I'm not or a mask here. Yeah. You know, not, not a political statement, but it's just like, I'm not seeing right. anybody. Right. <laughs> right. Whereas when you are seeing people, like if you were in the city, that's going to be on your mind a lot more. Yeah. You walk down the stairs to go to the store or something like that or whatever. And then I'm like, almost the store, I'm like, or, or I go out to the, to the, I realize before I even make it to the corner, I'm not wearing a mask. Right. Like, shit, I got to walk upstairs again. Yeah, you have the kind of luxury of like sure. choosing if you want to go somewhere that requires a mask or just not. Whereas if you're living in New York, you know, you step out your front door and you have to yeah. wear it. Not only to protect yourself, but to protect others. Yeah, so it's more like in your... um yeah, it's just more tangent. Uh, and up here you can pretty much forget about it. And, you know, time moves differently. Uh, I think time is moving differently for everyone, obviously, like in some ways it's very, maybe it's very slow and long because it's not a good necessarily. I mean, it's hard to categorize things good and bad. I mean, outside of the fact that people are dying, right. and, you know, all the economic stuff that's going on, but, um, you know, time has, has shifted, you know, in some ways I'm like, Oh my God, it seems like yesterday, you know, new year's came and now it's like almost August we're pushing through yeah. a year. Yeah. 
you know, like there goes, you know, how many more of these years do I have left on earth? The very right. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's now becoming a substantial chunk of time. Yeah. It's like becoming a real, I remember when COVID first started, I was like, yeah, I feel like next year we're going to look back on this time and be like, Oh, that was, that was weird. You know, that was a weird couple months in our lives. And now it's like, it's starting to set in that this is our lives for who knows how long, you know, like this is maybe yeah. things will never go back to the way they were. I mean, they'll be, you know, go back in some ways, but some things will be different forever. You know, I think it's an era, Yeah, you know, it's like beyond like a weird little thing that happened, yeah. you know, like I don't, I don't see anybody really wanting, I mean, as you know, as, as you guys are, you know, releasing this, uh, this hardcore record, I personally don't feel like as much as I love it, uh, anxious to, uh, you know, make my way to the front row among sweating <laughs> hardcore fans. Yeah, the idea of like sing-alongs, sure, like know, the singer throwing the microphone out <laughs> yeah. of Having their bodies on me as I hold them. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, sing along. I just feel it. I feel like it's like I need yeah. time. Yeah. And maybe like a vaccine and right, time. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Like the first shows back, uh, even after people get a vaccine, like, is it still going to be weird? Like, is it still going to be weird? People, you know, it will until it, until it isn't, you know, like maybe it's some, some like, uh, you know, that initial, I, I mean, it's kind of like a nine 11 situation. Like I remember when nine 11 happened, in New York, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know what I mean? And 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 the media obviously was feeding that idea that okay, that was just the first, thing, right? You know what I mean? So like, or so for many years afterwards, you know, I I would like kind of I case out like, you know, I'm in Whole Foods. This would be a perfect place for somebody to jump out with a gun and kill twenty right. people. You know, like for a while, you you know. Mm, I mean, I'm in uh, Times Square. Dirty bombs, yeah. best place for a dirty. You know, it just gets it in your mind. So if you're going into a hardcore concert, you know, hardcore concert, um, you're uh, you're going to think for a while, even if there is a vaccine. It's just like holy shit. Yeah, dude. yeah. There must be someone's yeah, got COVID. Yeah, it's like a petri dish. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think for some bands, this like COVID. Code's favorite music is definitely hardcore. <laughs> and, and I think for some bands, the struggle is going to be they're going to get offers to do tours and, you know, maybe not in the U.S., but maybe in other places that are like a little cleaner. And the struggle is going to be like, yeah, I know people want to come and see me, but do I want to be the one who's hosting this thing that's bringing all these people together that may cause a spread, you know, because. Right. You have, you have a moral role to play mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of it opening up in more countries with more loose regulation, like Ukraine or something like that. Has like, <laughs> like you can just rock out in Ukraine, right. and no one. Can. Yeah, well, according to Putin, there's only been like 27 <laughs> cases in Russia, so you know. Yeah, yeah, you can just do a, like a place where there's no coronavirus or homosexuality. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Just doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> It's a yeah. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for uh, joining us for this talk. You know, we, um, as you mentioned, our record's coming out in a few weeks. So we're obviously we're not touring or promoting it in that way. But we we're just talking to some people who helped us out with the record and um, gives us a chance to sort of highlight um, you know, some of the aspects of the record. But we really appreciate you working with us. It was a pleasure. Yeah, you, very much. Um, took some songs that were pretty good and and in our eyes made them great and made it really fun and forced us to sort of explore, um, you know, our songwriting process. But, um, I'm curious, do you want to talk about sort of like how it came about and how you ended up working with us on the record? Uh, yeah. I mean, first of all, I had the best time and just love oh, you guys. And it was such, thank such you. a, thank you. A, a really, uh, strong, like we got in there everyone was like had a great vibe and um we just objectively looked at the strengths of the songs and just kind of talked it out and then got in the room and 
you know, everyone was kind of just on the same page to like improve and, and, and embellish and, and to, to kind of give a certain special life to these songs that would be reflective of, of, uh, you know, Brian being there, me being there. And, um, you know, the excitement of all of us just like working on this music that we have such a like kind of cultural, you know, um, developmental connection to. And, uh, and here we are, you know, all of us just kind of, I don't know, in the back of our minds, just kind of geeking out like Dave Smalley's <laughs> right. in the room, like, like, you know, is one of the main people that in, invented this whole thing. And yet he is just a guy hanging out right. with us. And that, that, that is, is an, another, was another, uh, cool thing about it. And, uh, even though I've met Dave before, uh, that was the most that I had ever hung with him and, and, and meeting all you guys. And just, we had like an immediate, uh, camaraderie and, and vibe. So that, that was really awesome. How it came about was, uh, your guys' manager, Matt, uh, just sent me emails and like, um, you know, maybe the first one I, I was pretty busy for a while and he just persisted with emails. And then, you know, Dave Smalley being like someone I didn't, wasn't aware of the band. Um, but it basically, basically put it to me that Dave Smalley's got a new band and, you know, we'd love for you to come down and produce some tracks. Now that's pretty good. Just right on its <laughs> face. So, uh, you know, I was, had a very busy year as we were talking about, you know, I just very much segmented between all the different projects that I'm doing. So it's kind of tricky for me sometimes, you know, between all these different things to find even, you know, weekends or, or, or periods of time that I can, can do something with, um, with the, uh, you know, being present, being able to do the gig and, uh, you know, and for that to all make sense. So, you know, Matt was like a good manager and, and, and persisted with me and worked with me, uh, to where shit. One day I was like, I'm going to Pennsylvania or Baltimore at that point to go work. Don't sleep. And, um, and then going to, uh, Harrisburg and, um, you know, uh, after that, uh, and then after Harrisburg, I went on my own little trip. I went to Gettysburg, oh, cool. uh, a college where I lived as a kid. Um, and, uh, you know, so it was just like, even though we only worked on these three songs between those trips down to Baltimore and to Harrisburg, um, it really has, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good chapter. That's awesome. And the songs and the songs are really cool. You know, like, they're good. They're really good songs. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I'm really happy that, that that's kind of how you want things to go. Working with people that you find interesting, um, having uh, good chemistry and everyone being like, there was no, um, it, it was just a, a stronger collective mind and uh, didn't really feel the press of egos and felt that, but at the same time, there was like aesthetic guides that we, you know, aesthetic ideas that we were trying to, to, to hit. And, um, so yeah, and it was, it was just a fun time. And, and, uh, and, uh, so I don't know, again, dude, I, I have the longest answers. <laughs> I could have said oh, I was real. No, that's great. No, thank you for saying that. I mean, dude, we had a great time and getting to work with you was great. And like Garrett said, I just feel like the songs just went to another level like with all of us you know with brian with you it, like it just everything really came together and we're really couldn't be happier with everything so thank you yeah oh my it was it was a lot of fun i'm so psyched that it's coming out you know and i think uh anybody who checks it is going to be stoked because it's it's thank solid you. thank you so yeah describe your songwriting oh. process in general like how like how for example like with this like how did you approach this or is is it different than how when you normally write a song when you're working with someone else? Yeah, totally. It's different because I think when you, when I'm in my own process, when I have control over every element, um, 
then you are faced with uh, every single decision and choice. So that that's sometimes too much freedom is can blow you know make you crazy. So that's one end of the thing where it's like, okay, this is exactly how I want it to be, or I have the the ability mm-hmm. to do that. When you're working with people, you might find resistance on a certain idea, or the person can't can't doesn't get what you're pick up what you're laying down. And so you have to um, figure out how to go with, rather than trying to like make another person understand what your idea is, accept that person's interpretation of what it is with their best, you know, Mm -hmm. ability and their best, you know, whatever uh, feeling you know, cause people are always their best when they're feeling good, you know, unless they're not good players, you shouldn't be right. playing with them or whatever. And channel that into your idea to then build on that so that you're basically, you know, a flexible, uh, creature, you know what I mean? And then you benefit mm-hmm. from that. Um, when I'm coming into a situation where with you guys, you know, I might, it's nice because Obviously, I'm brought in there from from. There's a certain amount of respect that's brought in because you've invited me. So, um, you know, there, there's that that guest kind of thing. But that doesn't mean you want to squander that respect and that um, uh, you know that guest quality on just manifesting your own vision. I'm just not that type mm-hmm. type of person. So. What I want to do is, but the fun is to like see what you guys in the, in this case are bringing. What you guys feel is like the good, you know, like w- this is where we're at with it. And then because I'm not in it, and if we try one thing or another, like okay, if you guys ma- if Don't Sleep's record sucks and I worked on it, like okay, <laughs> that doesn't affect me like it affects right. you, right? You know what I mean? Have to always think in 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 those terms. So if I strong arm you into making some sort of disco record because I'm such a fucking (laughs) genius, and and I'm so persuasive, have to consider. On the one hand, it's good because now I got to make my disco album. It's a shame. It's but at least I'm not holding the bag. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's one way at it. But the other way is that, um, you know, to respect that relationship and respect that position. And, and also most people are, are, you will, most artists will resist in that case anyway, but it does give me a certain kind of thing. Like I'm a Dave Smalley fan. I'm a hardcore fan. And I'm also like, have made so many records and been in the studio so mm-hmm. many times. I'm still interested in, in, uh, you know, hardcore music, but I'm, uh, I'm interested in so many other things. So I can come in and, and see it from a different perspective and communicate what that perspective is in a way that, um, you know, you guys get where I'm coming from and how it might be good. And I generally think if something sounds good, most people just feel it and recognize right. it. And, and, and you might be against it on principle. <laughs> that's usually hard to... To, to hold the line on, on it that. actually sounds you know what good. I mean like it actually sounds good and everyone's physically mm-hmm. feeling so and and some you know we're just not using synthesizers even though everyone's <laughs> feeling it you know what I mean you, that might be a call right. you'd make you know what I mean? because they, you just don't want to do that on this record that's cool um and I you know but generally you know if you put something out there and everyone feels it uh, that's going to, that's going to be the idea that, that, that gets through. And if it doesn't, that's okay too, because then you're building, if someone says, dude, I'm really not comfortable with this. I see that you guys all dig it, but I, I just, it's ruining it for me. And if someone's going to be honest like that, uh, and you, how you feel like it's an honest discussion and all that kind of stuff, then by respecting someone like that, then you've earned a lot of points with them for the next thing that comes up. That's like, dude, I know you're uncomfortable with this, but can you just go with us on this and take a risk with something that you think is aesthetically off? Um, and I, I do that in my own 
writing, but when I'm with another band, like the nice position is, is here I am sitting with, you know, and we talked about this, like, um, you know, Dave Smalley has this like amazing instrument. Like he just sounds, whenever he sings, he sounds right. like Dave Smalley. It's crazy. <laughs> and so how do I want to hear Dave Smalley? Cause I'm right. a fan. I definitely don't want to sound, hear him sound like uncool. <laughs> I want him to <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm going to make suggestions. I'm going to move conversations, um, present ideas that are channeling it towards a version of this song that I think if someone played Don't Sleep, you know, for me, I'd be waiting for it to... Uh, you know, for it to be like whatever my preconceptions mm -hmm. of it are, you know, it sound like Dagnesi. Oh, it does. Right. I'm happy. Or it's going to sound like down by law. Okay. It sounds like Dagnesi. Right. Now I'm bombed, right. you know, or whatever baggage you bring to it, but that it will trans, that it would cut through whatever that thing is to say, it, whatever that expectation is that you have to say, Hey dude, it's not what I expected, but this is fucking real this is good. Like, this is like, you know, he sounds like the, the, the music makes sense. It sounds inspired. Uh, you know, I believe the emotion in it, um, those kind of things. And so from my outside perspective, I get, that is a cool, that result is cool. And, um, and that process is cool. And I get, um, and while that's happening, like I'm learning how Dave Smalley does it. So I'm, I'm absorbing so much cool information and, you know, you know, just my, I find it interesting because I'm a, I'm a fan, but, um, but as an artist too, and I'm learning and from you guys, like each one of you guys brings in a certain set of talents and a certain chemistry and vibe that make this thing work. And I'm, while I'm there, I am soaking up that system, you know, and, um, it's not like I'm sitting, taking, reviewing my notes in the hotel afterwards. I only see today. <laughs> I will apply. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't like that, but it's just happening through osmosis. And, um, so I guess the, the, the good side of it, the cool thing about it. And I, and I love doing this, um, especially when I started doing producing, which is essentially on the grill biscuit stuff, because I was writing the lyrics and working with Siv to like get these performances out that would be him, but would also have my idea about how it should be presented. And, um, so in that I could have, I could try to talk Siv into doing things that I would be too afraid right. to do myself, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be cool saying I'm not perfect. I'm just Walter. You know what I mean? Like it just sounds funny, but when he says it and he does it real, it's, it's fucking awesome. And so you, like it, for, for Dave, you know, I would, I'm a lot of time in the, in the studio, I'm like I'm making a joke, an absurd kind of thing to create the feeling of, of, of safety. You know, so like, for example, someone like a singer like Dave or anyone's been doing it for a long time has like, um, there's sort of guardrails of where they're feeling, I got these kind of things and these other ones are sort of like outside my realm and I'm not, I'm suspicious of them. Sometimes those things are, are not as far out of your realm as you think, but you set your own limitations on, on you, you know what I mean? Everyone does that. You know what I mean? It's like, you just think you can't do that. So you don't mm -hmm. want to do it. So you don't want to try. Uh, and I didn't really experience that with Dave too much. And I don't, I don't think like there's anything on this recording that is, um, so far out, but there were moments where it was just like, let's just see what this, this is, you know what I mean? And you do it like, that is so corny. I'm, let's laugh and have a good time with that. Or like, dude, come on, yeah, that's good. Right. 
And pushing the person. And that process on, yeah, pushing the person. Whereas if I'm in the other side of it, it would take sometimes a, a person behind the glass to, you know, it's someone that I respect or, you know, have some sort of relationship with for me to, um, maybe take that step into, uh, out of my comfort zone because, you know, there's habit, there's like, um, you know, you want it generally, you want, you want your record to sound cool and use your strengths to, to make sure that it does. Um, so, you know, that's my general kind of like vibe on producing, like why I enjoy it. I just kind of, I enjoy understanding how these different you know bands are, have a system of working and why it works, how the personalities combine, you know, um, why this, this particular team is uh, effective and how they're limited. You know what I mean? And how do you work with those strengths and, 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 uh, limits, you know what I mean? And how, how do you get the most out of them? And I'm learning the whole way and I'm also playing a, um, creative role, but again, like I'm not on the hook on it, hook for it, which is cool, but you have to, you know, at the same time, this, this is the biggest record in the world. It's not me. They're going to be calling for, for the interviews. You know, you, you, you're not getting that, that same kind of you know, I mean, I'm not really so much about that anyway, but, but you yeah. understand what I'm saying? It's like, you have to respect that relationship to get the most out of it. Because if you're happy, but the artist isn't happy, that's right. a failure. You haven't really won. And that's how, I think that's like how most human relationships go anyway. Like, you know, if you beat someone to something or whatever, manipulate them in some way, like, uh, you know, even for the good, sometimes it, there's a price to pay. So, you know, it, it's a challenge, uh, for me and, uh, but I always come away, uh, having learned something and, uh, and always get that, that friendship, you know, like I'm friends with you guys. Like I, I always feel like, uh, that's always a benefit too. Yeah. And I think, you so know, I don't the, know. Yeah. The key to having that successful relationship, at least on the, you know, in the, in the studio is there was an immediate sense of trust, you know, and I think they've trusted you, we trusted you, you trusted us. And so to, to establish that comfort level, you know, right from the beginning is huge because I think you did push us beyond sort of what our, maybe what our lane was or what our comfort level was. And I know, especially in some of the vocal stuff that we worked on with Dave, I mean, you know, you pushed him to do some, do some things that maybe he hasn't done before and but we all trusted you and the end product was awesome i mean it was really something special and i think uh it's amazing like you know later on in life like you're pushed to do things that you didn't know you could do and then it all of a sudden it opens up this whole you know all these doors to in the next as we write our next record we're gonna learn from that experience in the studio and, and try new things i'm sure so but it all started it all starts with that sort of trusting relationship from the beginning and uh yeah and it feeds itself you know like once you get like i don't know we maybe did one thing that we were like we kind of changed and and, and we were all like fuck that's mm -hmm. better and that led to the next thing and that led to the next thing so we're all starting to get our kind of um our we're developing a new system right. you know what i mean and it's, it's, uh, the possibilities become, yeah, just sort of wider and, and, uh, you know, and, and I'm happy to hear you guys talking about the next record because I think it's all just, um, for me having been doing this for so long since a teenager, it's like, I think you always have the option to take that experience and, and, and then push it a little further, you know what I mean? And, uh, at running the risk of, um, you know, alienating or, you know, the, 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 you're alienating some sort of part of you that was good, but I don't really buy into that because, you know, I, 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 
I'm more disappointed with the times that I kind of played it safe, to be honest. You know what I mean? And um, especially now, because there's so much music going on, it's like you should, I think, uh, if you envision it, if you can uh, allow it to happen, that that's more valuable than some pleasing some imagined person, you know, that's waiting to like decide whether what you did is, is cool good or bad. Yeah. That's yeah. something we're, uh, Tony and I were talking about this earlier today. Like what are some of the positive negatives, negatives in playing? And you know, this, I started hearing about legacy bands, you know, that term seemed to come about in the last couple of years. Like what are some of the positives and negatives, negatives of playing in a band like that? And like some of the challenges in terms of like people's expectations of, I mean, some bands won't write new music, you know, because they're concerned that that's going, they want to kind of keep, they have this iconic record that means a lot to people and, yeah. and people are happy enough just, you know, hearing those songs. But then naturally as an artist, you know, people want to push themselves and want to create new music. Like what are some of those challenges? And then also like, what are some of the positives of playing in a band like that? Obviously. I don't think like, I don't have any like good or bad kind of um, connotations on like any of that because, you know, you look at a band like the Ramones and basically they stayed in their lane for like whatever, 30 years. I mean, they definitely made attempts at branching out. Um, and I don't know that they were really rewarded for those. So they kind of got... Uh, they were sort of like a kid that wasn't allowed to grow. Right. I mean, and happens if you kind of like are strongly identified with a genre, you know what I mean? Like no one wants to hear the new sex pistols, like record produced by the guy from prodigy. <laughs> like, like just like they're, you know, cause it's such a strong brand that you don't want to fuck with it. And if you're not really inspired by, you're just kind of caught in this, in this prison of, of like, okay, so how do I recreate a sound authentically that I no longer feel authentically, but can touch the, 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 the style points within that, uh, you know, uh, genre, whatever. You know, so in a band like Gorilla Biscuits, like I think I did that with the Civ record to a certain percentage point, like seeing it as like um, we can hit these certain style points within uh, hardcore that that is why Gorilla Biscuits was good. But being a step away from it allows us to do it like authentically because we are uh removed in a way that um lets us be ourselves here and now so we're not just trying to like you know i always think like hold your ground how do you write another song i mean whatever if you don't know grill biscuits it's one right. of the main songs like after you've held your ground right. what do you do like that you're never like I just wouldn't know how to hold my ground right, anymore right. than that song helped do it. And so that kind of presents a problem. So with Gorilla Biscuits, you know, when we first started playing again, we put out a seven inch. One of them was a song that we, um, you know, because I felt, okay, there's been this pent up demand for the band and we were all just really blown away by, by wow, holy shit, Gorilla Biscuits became something else in the time that we stopped doing it. And, um, but I feel like we need to put out a new recording to represent that. We put out a recording, a seven inch on our tour. And, you know, I, I wasn't paying attention to the internet. Like, you know, it was a more primitive internet, I guess at that point, but it's like, I didn't feel that it was widely accepted. I felt like some people were just like, the shit sucks. Fuck this this band, you know, making new songs, we don't want to hear it. So I felt annoyed 
by that because I thought one of the songs was actually one of our original songs, which in, in truth, like we probably weren't that good at that time. So, okay, <laughs> fine. But, uh, but you know, it was the real authentic yeah. thing where people are criticizing it as being some bullshit thing. It's like, no, dude, this is like, was in the time right. capsule, right. this song. But like, we actually, <laughs> you know, if you think this song, so you see, you see the, 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 you know, the, the kind of trap you're in. Um, and the other song, you know, I kind of got over, it. it's like, I, this is a great song. Maybe this is the wrong context in which to put it out because people want to experience this time and this place and they want to feel, they want to feel 16 years old again, or they want to experience or someone wants to, who is 16 years old, wants to experience this, this thing in this authentic way. And that, you know, in the case of Gorilla Biscuits, like that's what the experience is. Like, so it's meant to transcend, like we're not a band, you know, trying to make it to the top. Right. Like we are what it is. And like we become, we evolve, uh, as the whole scene evolves, only in how it sees itself, how it, what it what it what it means in whatever particular year that it's happening, like, uh, and we're all healthy and can pl- put on a good show, you know, in my opinion. And, and until that doesn't happen, you know, we'll get the message. You know what I mean? Or, or hopefully we won't have to like take a hint like that. But um, with quicksand which is another band that I didn't do for a long time, but came back. Like, I just don't think it works the same way because I, I think it's like, a, um, while quicksand is like a band that is part of a culture, you know, and has a, a you know, some feet, a foot in hardcore, at least a few toes, uh, in that culture. Like we were about very much our own thing in like that. We were creating like this, uh, it was about our music, you know, and like our point of view, and that's a unique thing. And so to like, just, I felt like we need for us to really play or do a tour, we needed to create new music. And if people didn't like it, people didn't like it, but we would have to do that because that's what, oh, that's what, what quicksand is. And so I really enjoy that ability to play old songs that people are, you know, want to uh, feel or people who weren't around at the time can, experience in a, in an authentic way. Like we're up there fucking, I'm playing my fucking best every night. Like I'm not, I'm not like always my best, but I am fucking trying to reach it. You know, I'm not phoning it in. No one in the band is phoning in. Like we are like, um, trying to find each other and in whatever different environment we're in and, 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 and turn that into to most magical experience that we possibly can. Um, and in making new music, we are, we're honoring those fans and we're honoring ourselves in that we like are risking, you know, that, that, you know, sort of like, uh, legend status, you know what I mean? By making music that we feel is, you know, it, it's a different context, but is our right. finest work. And, you know, believe that will, it, it, upon review, will be the, 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 uh, the determination. But regardless, we, that's, this is what we enjoy and that's real. And so that's, I think when, you, when you're in that kind of place, just there's so much more open to you and there's so much more possibility. And uh, so I, I can see in, in that relationship, uh, both sides of, of, of that, that equation, you know, um, like don't sleep could be called, uh, you know, well, I guess for legal reasons, you couldn't call it a dag nasty, <laughs> but if you, you know, if you want, you would get, you would get, um, some sort of uh, boost from that. And then you'd also get a lot mm-hmm. of heat from that. So like, um, it's kind of liberating to start a new project and to start, you know, something that's where there aren't expectations. Yeah. But I mean, you, you benefit probably more people at the shows for a while until you like truly alienate them (laughs) by, um, 
hardcore, you'd think it's like related to punk rock and it's liberal and all. It's not liberal at all. Well, that that's that's one of the reasons why we really for for a couple of years we were playing shows with Dave and just doing Dag songs and Down by Law songs and DYS and all songs. We were just playing his sort of you know his. It was like the Dave Smalley jukebox, and we did that for a couple of years. And after a while, we were like, "This is fun. The shows were a blast, but." we can't do this forever. We want to write our own music and we want to sort of have our own path. And, and, uh, you know, we'll still play dag songs when we play live, but you know, really it's that, that was the impetus. But I was thinking, you know, the thing about quicksand is I think you're given a lot of latitude as a band because you guys created a new sound, you know, you weren't like paying tribute or you weren't helping a sound that was like with Gorilla Biscuits, you were like evolving the genre. But I feel like with quicksand, and the influences that you pulled into the band were probably not necessarily from hardcore, but they, you created a sound, you know, and, and, um, sorry to fanboy on you so hard right now, but I thought like (laughs) when that first seven inch came out, I was like, what is like, I liked it and I like all kinds of music. So I was like, I like this, but I don't even, I don't, I've heard maybe some Jane's addiction and maybe some Fugazi and, but I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is. I haven't really heard this before. So I think, a lot of people experience that and you know your people who became your fans were probably like we trust walter and the guys whatever the next record's going to be it's going to be because they created something new in the first place so they'll create you know something else new at the next record yeah thanks for saying that i mean that is that is the the deal that we made with ourselves within the band and that's like the um i think that's an understood relationship with our fans like we're trying to like make something unique and to us and to say something, you know, within the realm of like what's going on in music, there's maybe some things that you could say it's, there's going to be a certain amount of heaviness in it. There's going to be some drop D tuning in it, but we're, we're trying to surprise, you know, ourselves. And, and so that, that's the, um, the thing. And I think with, um, you know, playing Dave's catalog, you have to, that, that's, that is the right thing to do, but it will run its course to where like you guys are at now, you want to create new stories to keep it alive. And that the, 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 the challenge is to, to make those songs so solid that it doesn't dip the set, you know, because people don't, didn't hear it when they were 16. You know what I mean? So it, it's a challenge. You know what I mean? Your shit's got to be tight, you know, to keep, keep yeah. that energy. Um, but it's harder things have been done. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, from the, the songs that we did, I think that they have a, uh, I think they're just super strong songs and can st- stand up against, you know, d- depending on which song you want to put it up against, you know, there's going to be people that are like, fuck dude, this is good. Like, I don't know this song, right. what's going on. You know what I mean? And that gives you, you know, I mean, that is, that's gotta be the, the, the thing, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, you know, for Siv said once, like, uh, you know, minor threat, get back together. You know, you're, you're watching minor threat and you know, they played like, five songs or okay this is uh we're gonna play something off, stuff off our new album now like <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> with the same members call right. it something else like don't muddy the waters mm-hmm. of this but um you don't want to uh you know there's some sort of especially in like hardcore there's certain like sacrosanct you know almost quasi-religious rules to it, you know what I mean? And um, so I think being, you know, having Don't Sleep is a perfect vehicle for people who love Dave Smalley to like hear his songs, but also you don't want to see Dave Smalley just playing the oldies. You want to to see him alive as as an art and you want to understand why he chose you guys and why you guys are working together and why you guys do all the fucking bullshit that it takes to do a band you know some of it fun some of it like why why do i do this stuff this is insane 
No, that's I think you're you're spot you on know? on that. When we started working with him, we were like, all right, we want to showcase the Dave that everyone loves, you know, and we want to write songs that you know, give him a platform to really get people. Not, not that people don't love his other projects, but we want to do a pl- platform that it's going to get people super excited, you know. And uh, when you're in a band with five people, there's a lot of opinions, and it, the democratic process is a tough way to run a band. But there's also a really good vetting process in that, you know, like there's the bullshit detectors are always on and we are all extremely opinionated about our songwriting. So I think like the end product, this these 12 songs that are coming out on the record are going to, you know, there's sort of a, a manifestation of that, you know, because there's we all stand behind them 100 percent because we wrote we recorded 22 songs. And so there's 10 that didn't make the cut, which are are all good in their own right. You know, we're, we're, we still love all of them, but like we want it to be super strong and just have no, um, you know, weakness. That's fantastic. No weakness. <laughs> there you go. I we should have called the record. <laughs> uh, well, you guys should be proud. That's Thank what you. it's about. You know what I mean? And taking that time and, and caring about it. And, uh, even, you know, being in a band, it's got like all this kind of fun stuff in it. And some of it's not fun at all. And, uh, you know, uh, navigating other people's personalities, navigating your own personality. And, you know, there's so many levels to it. Um, and the music is the goal. But, um, you know, there's so much life in it you know, around, around that thing. Well, you listen to the music. I like it. I don't like it. Like everything came that, that created that thing, um, has this sort of, uh, yeah, there's stories in that, you know what I mean? There's like life in that, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I, I think that that's the, the, the kind of, um, the, the, the most important kind of intrinsic power to it. And so, uh, you know, you guys are doing that and, and, and with, um, you know, and all of us like working with, uh, with Dave, knowing that things he was doing, just like not thinking about it in any sort of like, I'm going to go record an iconic <laughs> right. record. <this> <laughs> we'll be, we'll be studying in 30 right. years from now. You know what I mean? He just went in and who knows what he was thinking at that time. It might not have been a big deal to him or, you know, one of the other dudes in the band might've been driving him fucking crazy or, or, uh, you know, his mind might've been on something else. Who knows? But like, he has some sort of, um, understanding of, of, or experience of like things, all those little factors, all those little ideas and, and, you know, butterfly flapping its wings and, you know, kind of things that, um, where it just works and it just is solid. And like, you know, in this world, there's not, you know, we're all, there's not much that's solid. Right. So even, you know, uh, but music has, is you know, as for things that last, um, when it, when it does, it's, it's pretty good. It, it'll stick mm-hmm. there for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, so working with Dave and how he, his, the sound of his voice and the, the scene that he came up with came up in, like I personally view as very important culturally, Definitely. uh, to, to be connected to that legacy in a way that uh, it had to come out good. There's no fucking way it was gonna. It, it would be out. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I and I think that 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 that's 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 the the, the rub. You know what I mean. Have you guys watched this? The Last yeah. Dance. Uh, the Jordan uh, thing. thing. I like how you know. Yeah, the Jordan thing. Like how Jordan's level of. Uh, you know, intensity, competition, and, uh, you know, his like basketball ability just seemed like 20% better than anybody playing the game. Like, uh, 
he um where he just wouldn't let his team right. lose that that yeah, was his brutal. game i mean it's a, it was amazing to see this, uh, how he would like berate his teammates and he punched steve kerr in the face during a practice yeah. who's like a little guy and he was kind of a bull i mean he was a bully he yeah. was a true bully but in the yeah. end i mean if you rode his you know that he was always surrounded by role players you know and if they could ride his coattails to seven championships like they love him for that you know the end product is amazing but he's kind of a dick you know i was surprised like he was so he was so marketable when he was an nba player you know but he was kind of a dick i guess his motivation i guess he he would have been the counterbalance to um to uh what's uh homie the coach phil jackson um, phil jackson so phil jackson's gonna hit you with the like dennis it's okay peace and love Zen, buddhism yeah. and and then and then uh and michael jordan's gonna come in like Fuck that shit, <laughs> so i mean you have the kind of like mom and dad good cop bad cop uh you know fam you know family right. figures you know so like you know, mom's dad's dad came home and he's mad. <laughs> you know, mom's gonna right. protect me. You know, Dennis um, Rodman's like the crazy punk rock kid in the family who like they have to go and pull out of you know, yeah. pull out of squats. He's the cute. He's the baby of the family, the cute one that gets yeah. away. With, I love this or, story. Or Actually, the Dennis Rodman but, parts but, of the documentary were the best, but for me, but I love the story about how he's like, I need a couple of days off. And I want to go to Vegas. So, and Jordan's like, oh, yeah. hell no. And then they have to like, they literally got on a plane, Jordan and Pippen, whoever, they got in a plane, flew to Las Vegas and like carried him out of a hotel room to get him back for the playoffs. Here's my point then, you know, if you just paint Jordan with the, you know, he's a bully dick. I'm not right. disputing that. I wouldn't want him yelling at me, but, um, I was amazed at how he recognized the value of yeah. Dennis Rodman and he, and I, he okayed that trip to Vegas. He said, just don't you yeah. be fucking back. Like he recognized that he wasn't, he right. I mean, probably through his own, um, you know, brilliant mind, like I, this, this fucking nut job mm. needs to go to Vegas and do his thing and come back and it's not because I like them or cause I'm being nice, but it's right. because I want to win. And, and, and that, that was his sort of, um, terminate, not terminator, uh, predator lens on everything. Like how does it lead me to, but anyway, my point was that, um, when you have, you know, I, and I don't compare, uh, I'm not saying that uh, Dave is, I'm not putting on him on such a pedestal. <laughs> this is the first just, Dave Smalley, Michael that, Jordan analogy that's ever been made. I love it. <laughs> I, I love, and I love Dave. He's amazing. <laughs> I love respect him. Uh, and, and, but it's not rolling. He wasn't like, we got to win. <laughs> but, um, but for us, I fucking definitely felt we got to win. We, we're not making uh any mediocre so the Phil Jackson or the going. Jordan of that recording session? I would definitely be Phil Jackson. I have no bully power. I'm not a good bully. Uh, maybe, maybe psychologically, uh, as a younger man, maybe <laughs> I would try to pull that shit, but I'm not like that you were really. Walter but, um, of it. I maybe I, yeah. I, I think I'm more of like a, um, power positive thinking, presenting, uh, arguments. I might present, um, you know, I, I have some psychological tricks. I could, I have psyops, <laughs> you know, like, Jedi mind, but I, I don't, I, I get yeah, more Jedi mind tricks, you know, like, okay, you're worried about that. Have you thought about worrying about this? <laughs> and then my, I don't have any like, um, but what I'm de what I'm more aware of is like, I'm not trying to ever win an argument to beat someone. You know what I mean? I'm always trying to, uh, I might try to win an argument 
to make sure that everyone gets a look at this thing that I, hey man, I'm there because I'm doing what I'm doing because people believe that I have some sort of idea. You know, that I have some sort of, um, you know, whatever, the track record or whatever. But the reason that I have that is because I come up with ideas. So if I don't like try to manifest those ideas so that people can like see them um, and say they're fucking awesome and genius or they do sound so whack. Then I'm not, then I'm, I'm doing me and whoever I'm around a disservice. So I don't want to anybody. Um, in the, in the, in the, the, the larger analysis, like that's not my goal. Um, I will hear someone fight for something that I think is totally fucking wrong. And, you know, I might like, uh, make fun of that or something like that, you know, uh, with, you know, tactics, but I feel like as an adult working with adults, I feel like everyone was reasonable and there wasn't really that going on, you know? And sometimes you just got to like respect your bandmates like attachment to something. And sometimes you just got to go in like every kind of relationship, you know, sometimes you just got to go like, you know, you want, you're driving with your, with your wife, your girlfriend someplace. She thinks that's the faster route and you fucking know it's not, <laughs> but you're just like, all right, cool. You're better than way. I am Walter. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? And then, and you know, not always, not if there was like, you know, someone's all bleeding right. in the car, like it's not, you know what I mean? You fucking got to make a harsh decision. Hurts, you know, ruffle some feathers. It's okay too. But you know what I mean? In our situation, it right. wasn't like that. Well, thanks a lot, Walter. I mean, we appreciate you. Everything you did for the record and, and the songs and for us. And we really appreciate everything. And thanks for doing this right now too. It's a lot of fun. Likewise, guys. I, I'm looking forward to whatever... Uh, if you guys play or it, whenever that is under whatever conditions, uh, hopefully outdoors <laughs> with a lot of social distancing. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do it. That's going to be whack. Um, but it's fun working with you guys and, and you're also so awesome. And, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm really, uh, proud of the work that we did together and, uh, very, for what, for, like for people to hear. Yeah, thank you. Time to talk to us. We appreciate it. It's been funny. It's, it's, we've done right doing a few of these, and it's been funny scheduling these because I'm like, all right, so what's your availability? And most of the response has been like, whenever over the course of the next three weeks, just like, let, and we're all kind of in the same boat. So it's, it's kind of nice, you know. We have time yeah. to talk. Yeah. So we appreciate the moment. I am. A, same. Same. All right, guys. Good luck with everyone. Everything. Keep me. We'll keep do. Me Thank in you the so loop. much. Okay. See you, Walter. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the No Sleep Till Don't Sleep podcast. Uh, tune in next week. And in the meantime, uh, check out our new record, Turn the Tide, out September 4th on Mission 2 Entertainment.